It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Today, I am joined again by my dad, Dale Stover. We are going to be talking about uh, baseball. We're continuing our Major League Baseball preview. Today, we're previewing the National League West Division. And then we're going to talk some college basketball and some NFL football and a slight touch of UFC right before we get into the baseball preview. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, good. I'm surprised to hear that. Uh, Dad is a is a <laughs> is an Illinois fan. I wouldn't call you a major Illinois fan anymore, um, but still, I'd say that's your cheering interest. And uh, we are we are recording this on Sunday afternoon. The only game to be completed so far is Loyola Chicago versus Illinois, where Loyola wins seventy one to fifty eight, and it just kind of continues the the plunge of the Big Ten. Uh, it seems like so far. Um, let's start with the big 10. Uh, we've got what, eight teams that made it four nine. teams, nine well, teams that made it nine teams with the play in, um, Michigan state was there. Yes. Nine, nine teams that made it already four teams out. Wisconsin is trying to fight back against Baylor. As we record this, they're down eight with 1153 to go in that game. Um, but Ohio state, a number two seed, Illinois, a one seed, Purdue, a four seed, all eliminated two in the first round, Illinois in the second round. So uh, I would say overall, we could categorize the Big Ten as a disappointment uh, to this point in the NCAA tournament. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, that that was very true um, because they've had the big upsets Mm -hmm. as far as the high ranks going down from there. They've had some solid play on some of the, you know, Maryland and Rutgers. Of course, we'll see how that comes on in the next round. But that's not the teams you were counting on. Um, it, you know, Iowa does look strong. We'll see about that in Michigan. But as far as having nine in there and the teams that have gone out so far, um, yeah, I'd say the Big Ten is, is, is disappointed um, in their tournament showing for sure. Yeah, Rutgers and Maryland, I think they were both uh, 10 seeds, right? 
Maryland yeah. was a 10. Yeah. yeah, and Rutgers was a 10 okay. as well. So they're both 10 seeds beating the 7 seed. I don't consider a 10-7 win a, a massive uh, upset, but they did both win those games. I think Rutgers was a favorite, but I could be wrong in that. Uh, then Purdue, of course, the 4 seed lost to North Texas. Wisconsin beating North Carolina. That one surprised me. I thought North Carolina was looking good coming into the tournament, um, but they dominated North Carolina yeah. in that game. But, yeah, that Ohio State loss, that was kind of the bit first big one uh, of the weekend. Oral Roberts uh, defeating Ohio State. A number of brackets busted immediately with that one there. But then the Illinois loss today. I mean, I had Illinois going to the championship. I had them winning the championship in my brackets. And uh, that that kind of shut me down <laughs> for, for that yeah. as well. So now the hopes are all on Michigan and Juwan Howard. Maybe Iowa, of course, as well. Uh, as they'll face off against Oregon. Oregon hasn't played yet. VCU had to drop out because uh, of COVID stuff. So um, Iowa versus Oregon, do you think it's better to have a game played or do you think it's better to be fully rested for Oregon? Um, probably to have a game played, but I don't know that it'll hurt them from that standpoint. Iowa, you know, Iowa's solid. Looks like they're a team that doesn't get flustered. And they've got the star. I mean, you know, he's going to be consistent all the time. They're going to, you know, Oregon's going to have to handle him and um, go from there. Two 11 seeds won in the first round. UCLA defeated BYU. Syracuse beat San Diego State. Um, I had the UCLA game picked over BYU, but I did not have the Syracuse one picked. Uh, one number 12 seed won Oregon State over a crippled Tennessee uh, we'd never trust Tennessee in the tournament. Then two 13 seeds, Ohio and North Texas, beating Virginia and Purdue. Um, we have a Virginia fan in our church. I was consoling him uh, today. And then a 14 seed, Ab Abilene Christian beat Texas. And 15 seed, Oral Roberts beat Ohio State. So now you're looking at, you know, they still have a chance to win games to, uh, in this second round. But usually by Sweet 16, getting into the lead eight, these, these double seated, the 11s and forward don't tend to go much further than that. So which of these teams that had the upsets, Abilene Christian, UCLA, Ohio, Syracuse, Oregon state, Oral Roberts, North Texas, do you think has the best chance to continue forward and go deeper in the tournament? Well, you've got, let's see, I'm looking here to be sure, but you got two of them playing each other. Don't you UCLA? Oh, yeah. UCLA is playing Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian. But, again, you would think UCLA would probably handle handle that. I think North Texas will have a shot against Villanova. Villanova's been up and down all year. North Texas, you know, I know a little bit about just because they're in a conference that I follow a team in that conference a little bit uh, in Conference USA. So I knew they were good but didn't know really anything about them from there. And um, so I would think they have a shot with Villanova and, um, you know, almost anybody does at this point. Um, yeah. Nobody's been totally dominant. Uh, I don't think any of them, you know, you can say, oh, I, you know, I know they'll go on a ways, but um, we will see, you know, eas easily the ranked teams could stay going from here. Yeah, I like both the 11 seeds, UCLA uh, against Abilene Christian and Syracuse against West Virginia. Syracuse looked pretty solid. Um, and uh, so I, I like both of them. I've got uh, originally had UCLA making the Sweet 16 anyhow. So 
but I had them beat Texas, and they don't get a chance to play Texas. So they better make it past Abilene Christian. But uh, nonetheless, an exciting first weekend of basketball on the NCAA tournament. Anything else that stood out to you in the first round? No, I like I said, I think it was a you know it's been a good start to the tournament. I think both for fans and for television. Anytime you have ten upsets, um, you know, in the first thirty-two games, that's that's good and that's exciting. And there have been some very close games, with several overtime games. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, there have been their, their share of blowouts early too. But um, I I think the tournament's created excitement at this point. And, of course, now it's going to go into a different realm a little bit. We're playing during the week on a Monday night and then next week on a Monday and a Tuesday. Um, But, again, I think keeping it moving is probably a good thing. Yeah, that uh, Santa Barbara-Creighton game was really fun to watch. We, The boys and me were watching that one, getting excited on that one. But, uh, yeah, I think good basketball so far. I expect to see good basketball moving forward. Uh, I do think these leaders, the Baylors, uh, the Gonzagas, Houston's the top seeds, Bama, Michigan. I think in the end, you're still looking at them being in the Elite Eight, Final Four, but we'll see. Uh, definitely moving forward right now, as th- at this recording, Baylor's back up a 10 point lead over Wisconsin. But of course, who knows what'll happen? We'll record all this. I'll be talking nice things about Baylor and then they'll be gone. Uh, but, anyways, that's college basketball on the men's side. Let's move on to the NFL. Um, Free agency still still in full swing right now. A couple big signings. I'll let you go first, Dad, on some signings that you liked or were intrigued by uh, in the NFL free agency period. Well, I think the one yesterday with the Giants probably really helped them. You kind of wondered where Galladay was going to go. And, um, I mean, that, again, if Barkley's healthy and you got a potential for a quarterback, you know, now he's got a weapon and um, – They've got some other good receivers. I think that could be a really good pickup. Uh, a lot, like you said, a lot of movement. A lot of teams helping themselves, even on the offensive line and around. Um, I, I saw today an interesting stat where the Patriots have paid more for free agents here than their franchise cost <laughs> when it was purchased. So they really went out and spent. The Jets, you know, hopefully have helped themselves and spent. Um, I was very intrigued that the Bears have found their franchise quarterback. <laughs> Andy Dalton. Yeah, didn't didn't, yeah. didn't think that's probably where that would go. And um, but again, you know, the, being a Packer fan, it's the Bears, and you never know what's gonna happen there. But um, that was a little surprising. Um, and he says he's been guaranteed to starting job. So well, I would hope so. I mean yeah, I like Andy Dalton. I don't think he's a superstar quarterback or anything. I think he would have been a great fit in Washington if they weren't going to go out and get somebody yeah. big. Um, he could have been the the piece that the help with them. Uh, put him in Chicago. I mean, Chicago still has some decent defensive players, although they've cut a few guys as well. Um, that's definitely – and especially when they were in the conversation for Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's a big letdown for Chicago fans, Andy mm-hmm. Dalton. But I really do like Andy Dalton. I think um, he'll do better than Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky in Chicago, uh, which reminds me, Trubisky goes to Buffalo to back up Josh Allen. I think that's a great spot for him, an opportunity to grow a little bit on the bench in a good organization. Uh, Kenny Galladay joining uh, New York is suddenly stacked on offense. I mean, they've got Saquon Barkley coming back from injury. They've got uh, John Ross, uh, Sterling Shepard. I think they still have him. Darius Slayton uh, mm-hmm. in there as well. They've got Evan Ingram, the tight end. They signed Kyle Rudolph, the tight end also. 
so they're they're building quickly in New York. Uh, the Broncos signed Kyle Fuller. Thought that was a good signing. The cornerback uh, that Chicago got rid of. The Steelers re-signing Juju to a one-year contract mm-hmm. really surprised me because they said there were three or four teams that offered him more money than what Pittsburgh did, and he wanted to go back to Pittsburgh. You know, I don't I don't see Pittsburgh as a as a team on the rise right now. What do you What do you feel about the Steelers right now? Um, well, of course you got, I, I would agree. I don't think, you know, they're deep as far as in the future, you got Roethlisberger coming back. So if he stays healthy, you know, and Juju is a one-year contract. So, I mean, I think there's a chance to think they'll have a good year this year. That division though is getting better, um, is part of the issue there. That's a pretty tough, uh, division where, like I said, the giants are getting a lot stronger and they're still not, you know, that's a fairly weak division. Uh, no matter what Dallas says. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the Giants definitely getting stronger. Vikings, they signed Patrick Peterson. The Washington football team, they bring in Curtis Samuel and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't get the Ryan Fitzpatrick signing. <laughs> Washington is a quarterback away. I mean, that, yeah. they really are. They've got a running game. They've got incredible wide receivers. They've got a great defense. They need a quarterback. I assume they're going to go draft one unless they really like that what Taylor Tyler Heineke guy, but um, that one surprised me as well. The Chiefs, they cut two of their starting offensive linemen. They signed two linemen as well. Kyle Long, who came out of retirement, and Joe Thune from uh, New England. So they bring those guys in as well. And then you said it, the surprise of the free agent uh, world so far, Isaiah Wilson, recently traded from the Titans to the Dolphins, cut – what, three days, four days on the team? Something three, like yeah, three, three days into it. Um, you know, you just don't understand a guy like that. But um, he goes to Miami. He's late for his physical. He's late for the team orientation. Then he skips two workouts that he promised he would be at. And then he refused help from the team uh, as far as they were trying to give him some guidance. So <laughs> you, I, you don't know, you don't understand that one uh, at all. I mean, you like think there's some physical ability there, but I mean, I, I wouldn't see anybody would take a chance on him again now. No, I mean, he could look at some of the other leagues out there. If you wanted to, you've got that fan led football team that Johnny Manziel's at and, and um, Josh Gordon's in as well. You've got the CFL, you've got the XFL. It's coming back next year, but, at this point, he has just proven that he just will not do what he needs to do to play. And that's uh, sad, really, when it comes down to it. Very sad. Any other NFL news? No, I, like I said, you know, a lot of, lot of flurry there uh, in the free agent market. Probably a little more than I expected because of the cap situation. And, um, of course, as Packer fans, we're still waiting to see what's going to happen in a couple things there. But now, you know, the draft's going to be interesting because things are kind of set up. You know, who needs stuff in the draft? Um, you know, a team with a lot of draft picks that did not make a splash in free agency was Miami. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it'll be uh, – the, the draft will garner a lot of interest as it probably would have anyhow. Definitely, definitely. Uh, quick thoughts on the UFC, uh, former guest of the Sports Stove podcast, Harry Hurricane Hunsucker, had his UFC debut Saturday night against Tua Atai, Bam Bam Tuavasa. Four days notice, Harry Hunsucker took this one, and he gets knocked out in 49 seconds. He did get a few good licks in on the fight, but uh, those leg kicks that Tuavasa 
uh, gave them early, kind of crippled them early, set them up for, for defeat. But uh, Harry reported today that uh, that fight did earn him a UFC contract. So he's going to come home uh, back to Richmond, Kentucky. He's going to get uh, kind of healed up, get some time to recover. And then they're going to give him a full fight camp and an opportunity to fight again in the UFC. So congratulations to Harry Hunsucker. We're working on getting him back on the show um, and also interviewing him for the MMA show that I host on Saturdays on Belly Up Fantasy. But um, uh, congratulations to Harry Hunsucker. He's willing to take a fight anywhere, anytime, he says, but it's not great for his career. So <laughs> I'm thankful I'm thankful that he's going to get a full fight camp and a chance to, to prove himself in the UFC in the way that he deserves a legit chance. He, he was on Dana White Contender Series, had two days' notice. He took that fight, um, almost won over Jared Bandera, um, but uh, almost knocked him out. But uh, he ended up getting um, a ref stoppage there. And uh, so, so I'm happy for him that he gets, gets the opportunity to fight in the UFC. All right, uh, let's move on to baseball. We're continuing our MLB preview. Uh, we have gotten through the American League Conference, so make sure you can go back and listen to past episodes with that. Today we're talking about the National League West. Uh, originally said National League East, and for whatever reason I forgot and completely <laughs> prepared for the West. Thankfully, Dad, you were ready to go on this. So so that's what we're going to do. Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Giants uh, here. We're going to start off with the Arizona Diamondbacks. They have one key loss in outfielder John Jay. They bring in new additions as Drubable Cabrera and relief pitcher Joachim Soria. Their projected lineup is second baseman Cattell Marte, right fielder David Peralta, first baseman Christian Walker, third baseman Eduardo Escobar, catcher Carson Kelly, shortstop Nick Ahmed, left fielder Dalton Varsho, and center fielder Tim LeCastro. Their pitching rotation is currently set up as Zach Gallen, Madison Bumgarner, Luke Weaver, Caleb Smith, and Merrill Kelly. Their projected win total, 74 and a half. That is projected to be fourth place out of five in the division. Uh, interesting, I thought they bring in as Rubel Cabrera, but they don't have a designated hitter this year. And Christian Walker's kind of a, a more younger, up and coming first baseman, I suppose, than at least than Cabrera. So I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to fit in for them. Um, maybe Walker plays a little. Uh, um, third base or something else. But anyways, uh, what are your thoughts on the Arizona Diamondbacks for the 2021 season? Um, like I said, you know, they're, they're slated to be fourth, and that's probably uh, about right. I mean, I don't think um, – doesn't look like, you know, preseason, like they have the horses to contend. Um, and it's that way with several – you know, we're going to see several in this division like that. Mm -hmm. But um, – I mean, you know, did they didn't they didn't make a splash uh, at this point, and they're against a couple of really strong teams in their division. Yeah, I mean, the NL West is top heavy for sure, and um, you have a few bottom feeders, and Arizona definitely seems to be one of those bottom feeders as well. Um, it looks like their pitching is relatively strong, um, but they don't have a lot of depth, and their 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 batting probably isn't good enough to compete this year either. Uh, what? But there are some fantasy players on this team, at least I think so. What do you think about fantasy uh, value guys for Arizona? Uh, you know, I, I mean, again, there's a few, not necessarily a lot. Of course, um, Mar you know, Marte, Marte. They, uh, you have him. 
Um, Zach Gillen, and like I said, they have some pitching, but, um, you know, he's one that uh, is ranked pretty high and then Walker at first base. Um, but, you know, not not a lot there. Again, I think there'll be a team like we talked about last week that you'll watch as the season starts and see if, you know, there's somebody – and somebody will get hot with them. Yeah, Ketel Marte is one of my favorite guys. I, I've tried to get him different places and have not really been able to get him at this point. I really like him. He leads he leads off in the order as well, so he gets a lot of opportunities uh, there. Christian Walker, he's a late-round guy. He gets over overdrafted sometimes. Um, he hangs down there with your, your stereotypical first baseman that you can kind of pick up throughout the season when a guy gets hurt a lot of times as well there gallon and and bump gardener still you never know exactly what he's going to give you from pitching but I, he's the kind of guy that i like to go with later in the drafts as well a guy that's proven and, and if he goes doesn't do well i just drop him and pick up somebody else but um something to watch for uh and i hate that we're in the same league and i'm giving you all this intel but uh dalton varsho he's an outfielder he is eligible as a catcher and an outfielder, and uh, he's going to play outfield all season. So he'll eventually lose that catcher eligibility. But right now, on most fantasy platforms, he has dual eligibility, catcher and outfielder. So he might be a value guy just because you can play him at catcher um, if need be, at least at least for now. Um, so you know we'll see what kind of number he puts up, but uh, definitely got to watch for late in drafts and uh, as a guy that can can add some flexibility to your lineup also. Uh, let's go further down in the division to the Colorado Rockies, uh, not geographically down, but in the standings down. Uh, they had some big losses this year. Of course, they traded third baseman Nolan Arenado. Uh, they lose David Dahl, Tony Walters, and Kevin Pillar. They didn't really have any major additions. Um, first baseman C.J. Crone comes over. There, his the projected lineup: uh, Raymel Tapia, Ryan McMahon, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, C.J. Crone, Sam Hillard, Josh Fuentes, and El Elias Diaz. Their pitchers: German Marquez, um, who I really like, Kyle Freeland, Antonio Senzatella, John Gray, and Austin Gomber. Uh, their projected win totals at sixty-four and a half. Last in the division as well. Colorado really took a beating um, the last couple years, it seems like, and losing Nolan Arenado, that seems to really hurt, I think, this team. What are your thoughts? Yeah, they'll have to, I mean, you know, they're going to have to do some kind of rebuild. I don't know what kind of uh, minor league system, you know, I don't know if they have a lot of prospects uh, coming up, but um, yeah, again, they're in a tough, tough division and um, they're just, yeah, it doesn't look like there's a lot there. So, yeah, I mean Blackman's older. Um, he's been pretty dependable for him as a bat, but he's he's getting older. Story's phenomenal, um, mm -hmm. but outside of that, they're really hurting. Uh, it seems like, like I said, I really like Sherman uh, Marquez, the the starting pitcher. Been a big fan of his, and and but when you're uh, talking about fantasy things. The pitchers in Colorado is dangerous because when they're at home, it's a batter's park uh, for sure. Uh, what are some any fantasy values you find in Colorado? Um, well, I mean, one guy that, that you don't know but seems to be a good prospect is Tapia, the outfielder. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, you know, he, he's a guy that you can take a chance on. Um, again, you know, um, not going to be on a strong team. 
Um, but, um, you know, he, he, he seems to be one you would look at along with Blackman and a core story. Yeah. I mean, hitters in Colorado, <laughs> when I'm picking up, when I'm picking up free agents, uh, for injured guys or whatever during the season, if I see that there's a guy getting ready to play three games in, in Colorado, I'll go ahead and pick him up and play him for those three games and then cut him and pick somebody else up. It's worth having some batters in Colorado. So if you can't get story or Blackman at a good value, um, yeah, guys like Tapia, even McMahon, uh, a little bit as well, I guess, but he's something you got to watch. And I think Marquez is probably the only pitcher I would take at this point. They do have a prospect pitcher that should debut, um, earlier in the season, maybe around June or so his name's Ryan Rollison. Um, he's supposed to have quite the stuff. And if he comes in, I, John Gray, I, I don't know why he's still pitching. I, to me, he's not a good pitcher. Um, never understood why anybody liked John Gray, but nonetheless, uh, I'm sure he's a nice person. I don't know him personally, but, um, but Ryan Rollison should come in and compete for, um, uh, start of the rotation somewhere fourth or fifth in the rotation when he finally debuts. Uh, okay. Let's go to Los Angeles, the Dodgers. They had some losses. Kiki Hernandez, the second baseman, Jacques Peterson. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. The outfielder, Alex Wood, the pitcher, they had a addition to their starting pitcher rotation and Trevor Bauer, one of the most intriguing like personalities in major league baseball uh, a little crazy a little office rocker but uh projected lineup mookie betts Corey seager justin turner cody bellinger will smith max muncie aj pollock and chris taylor the rotation uh clayton kershaw trevor bauer walker bueller julio urias and david price their projected win total is 102.5 that's for first in the division all right. Uh, well, let's talk about the Dodgers before we get to the fantasy stuff. Uh, I mean, it's the Dodgers show to win, right? Right. It is. I mean, they're, they're, they're strong. They've been strong for a while. You know, they had their key losses. I don't think was anything major. I mean, you look at their lineup, you know, they've even got some deep guys that aren't starting or can't, you know, don't play every day. Um, they obviously have the flexibility if you're going to back guys against left-handed lefties or righties to uh, be able to do that and do situation type things, um, you know, could have just a very strong pitching staff. Yeah. Uh, if, if everybody, you know, Bueller comes back well and everything there. So, um, yeah, it's definitely theirs, theirs to win. Um, you know, again, it'll be, can, you know, keep everybody focused and everybody together, but the talent is sure there. 
Yeah, I mean, it looks like we're headed for a Dodgers-Yankees World Series, and I'm not sure who can get in the way of it right now, um, which is kind of boring, but nonetheless, it's there. Uh, fantasy value. So what I do, when I, I'll show you my paper. Of course, if you're listening to the audio, it won't matter. But I, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, so I break it down like this, and then I've got my fantasy value underneath all the other things written. In that little box, I have typed out everyone. Um, so instead of telling me who's, who's the good fantasy picks in, in LA, is there anyone that you'd say that's a guy I'd stay away from? Um, no, the tricky thing about the tricky thing about LA is like you say, you want people lead off guys, guys that are going to bat a lot. Now, again, Dodgers may score enough that, you know, the guys that are seven, eight, they, you know, they may get a lot of at bats. But there's some guys who have great potential, but they're not high up in the lineup. Um, and because of their strength, there's a little more platooning going on. It's a little harder. I found when you have Dodgers to keep up with who's going to be off, you, know, you really got to keep an eye on that. Um, now, the top guys, you know, not going to be any question about that yeah. um, with Betts and, 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 and those guys all there. But um, – as but, far as Bellinger and all those guys, but yeah. um, you know, you just—that's the tricky part with the Dodgers. You're going to have talent, so as long as you got enough people in your lineup that you can survive, you know, a, a guy or being. And even these guys, when they don't start, usually come in and play um, and get in that bat or two. So it just—it just depends. That's the only probably tricky part is there's some really good players. How much opportunity will they get? Yeah, and with Hernandez and Jock Peterson both leaving, that kind of frees up a little bit of space. There's, the way that I've read it, at least, the second base could still be a little bit of a platoon with Chris Taylor, but Taylor will also play shortstop for Corey Seager to give Corey Seager a day off. So someone else comes in at second base, Taylor goes over to shortstop or different things like that. So, yeah, they're definitely – they're the, probably the one team that I would say the eight, uh, seven, eight, nine, or I guess the six, seven, eight batters – are still worthy of, of being drafted. It's just a win you get them. You don't want to overdraft for them right. at that point. Um, the pitching staff, same way. Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, uh, Urias, and David Price. I mean, I don't think there's a better five. Um, we might – we will probably talk about the Padres next. They're probably close, but not as good. I mean, that's a pretty solid – starting rotation when right. you're talking about major league baseball pitching, even in fantasy values I would never, I very rarely would get a number five guy in the rotation unless it's a young prospect that I'm just kind of taking a chance on David price pitching fifth in the rotation. He's still worthy of a, of a late round draft pick. Someone that can give you give you some decent numbers and maybe five or six innings at least. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've got a couple of things written down for that too. Uh, Walker Bueller, who I know you really like, um, of course he's, he played at Kentucky. So there, I see a lot of stuff about him as well. He seems the, his value, he seems to be a little overvalued right now. I think in fantasy baseball, getting drafted higher than maybe he should be his stats and numbers match up a little lower, not much lower, not drastically lower, but a little lower than where he's being drafted at right now. So I, to me, like you were talking about with the Dodgers, I think it's easy to kind of use them as a pawn expecting other people to draft them where you can still get same or better value below these guys where they're being drafted just because they're the Dodgers and you know, the names, you know, you don't know the name of most, you know, seven and eight batters in, in the lineup, but for the Dodgers, you know, them all um, Max Muncy's a guy, he's going to get more regular playing time. He was a guy that platooned a lot in the past in LA 
but he should be more consistent this year. And uh, he's getting drafted pretty low in fantasy leagues right now. So he's a guy to watch um, in our league. I believe he was kept. I don't think he's even available, but um, we can keep nine keepers. But uh, in the other drafts, it seems like he's getting, getting passed by a lot. He could produce some good value uh, for sure there. Uh, let's go to the Padres. Key losses for the Padres, Jason Castro, the catcher, starting pitcher, Garrett Richards, and then uh, designated hitter Mitch Moreland, or first baseman, I guess, Mitch Moreland. They brought in some pitching in the offseason. You Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joe Musgrove all will be in the rotation. Their projected lineup is Trent Grisham, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Eric Hosmer, Tommy Pham, Will Myers, Jake Cronenworth, and Austin Nola. The catcher, their rotation is you Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, Chris Paddock, and Adrian Morajan. Um, their projected win total is 94 and a half, which is eight behind the Dodgers for second place. I really, really like this Padres team. The talent level they have seems to be incredible. What are your thoughts on the Padres? Uh, I mean, th- when you look at their young talent, they would they have a chance to be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be a team that will have to develop, that will need to play up, you know, play up their potential. But they've brought people in here. So, again, if they can play as a team, their talent level is really pretty good. You know, you look at the Dodgers and you think, wow, that's something. But, yeah, they're not far behind. So, yeah, you look at the bats that they have. I really like Trent Grisham. Um, I think he's super talented in center field. Of course, Tatis and Machado. Hosmer needs to play up to his ability. I feel like last year he was down a little bit, um, but he's a guy that that he has the potential. He just got to play up to it. Uh, Tommy Pham and Will Myers the same way. These are guys that have played in the league now for a while. They had high expectations, and if they fulfill those expectations, they're going to be an incredibly dangerous team. Then you look at that starting rotation, Three new pitchers on the team, Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove. Darvish was one of the better pitchers in the league last year. Snell has been great. Um, Joe Musgrove doesn't excite me. Chris Paddock, though, is really good. He was already in San Diego. And then Adrian Morajan as well uh, in there. Uh, What about fantasy guys? I just kind of went through the whole team again. But the fantasy guys uh, for the Padres that you like. Well, a name that I saw a lot, but apparently is not in the starting rotation is, I don't know how you pronounce it, but Lamette or LeMay. I think uh, he's hurt. Hmm? I think he's injured. Okay. That'd be it. Because again, um, you know, they talked about he has great potential uh, coming in, but yeah, if he's out a while, then that'll be that. You have all your main players. Again, this is one where if you need positions, um, Later to fill, you know, they've got a couple outfielders there with Myers and um, is it Fam? Yes. And um, again, you know, Nola is a is a decent catcher. Is it, it? This is a team that you can look to to fill spots middle late of the draft. Yeah. So uh, Lamet is not injured. I have him here as the sixth guy, uh, which would really lean him more into the uh, middle rotation, I guess as well, middle reliever, but I, I don't know that could change. Obviously these are not official, um, official things and that could change for sure. They also brought in Mike Clevenger, um, mm-hmm. last year, I think, but he's injured. He had Tommy John surgery. So he's going to be out all of this year. Uh, Drew Pomeranz is, is, is on the team. He's an interesting guy as well being brought in. 
Uh, also, and they lost a lot of relief pitchers in the offseason. Kirby Yates, one of those guys, Trevor Rosenthal as well. But um, it seems like they've got a pretty solid team. Uh, if they can be healthy, health might be a big issue with them this year. I like Austin Nola a lot too at catcher. He's a guy that you can usually get pretty good value on in your drafts. Uh, let's see here. Grisham, I already said. I love Grisham. Cronenworth is a guy I like. I had him last year at times, off and on throughout the season last year. Uh, he is the second baseman, uh, lower in the the batting order, but uh, he can provide some stats for you as he's hot and things like that. So good guy to watch. And then Darvish and Snell, I mean, <laughs> two top pitchers worth having. Uh, and Chris Paddock, I think, is pretty decent as well. All right, that brings us to the lowly San Francisco Giants. They're projected uh, third right now in the division from my official numbers, 75-and-a-half game win total. That's one above the Diamondbacks. Uh, key losses, uh, Hunter Pence, Jeff Samarja, uh, both of them been longtime Jets, and uh, both of them gone. I don't think either of them are on a team right now. I'm looking real quick to see. Um, no, I think they're both free agents still, but I'm not sure. Uh, anyways, uh, both of them gone. They bring in uh, the second baseman, Tommy LaStella, and starting pitcher, Anthony DeSclafini, something like that. Their projected lineup is Tommy LaStella or Evan Longoria at third base. Second baseman, Donovan Solano. Right fielder, Mike Yastrzemski. Left fielder, Alex Dickerson. Catcher, Buster Posey. First baseman, Brandon Belt. Shortstop, Brandon Crawford, and outfielder, Mauricio Dubon, uh, who has some flexibility, can play multiple positions. Uh, starting pitchers, Kevin Gossman, Johnny Cueto, Anthony DeScalfini, uh, Aaron Sanchez, and Logan Webb. And like I said, 75-and-a-half win total. You're a Giants fan, Dad. Do you have any expectation for this team? It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Um. I mean, again, I don't know that they can compete with the Dodgers or the Padres. Um, and again, if once they start having injuries, they'll really be hurt. But in their lineup, they've got a couple of young guys that you mentioned. Um, you know, the third baseman, it could be Longoria, it could be the, the other guy. And, and there's a couple spots like that where, you know, these guys could look good. Giants are, like I said, I like the Giants, but they are they're a team also that you want to keep an eye on because they'll have at least two or three players that will at least have hot streaks, maybe not all year um, from there. I, I think the Giants could be a little more competitive, but I don't know if their pitching staff is where it needs to be. And, um, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think they're about, what, middle of the pack here in the spring training in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, I see they get some wins every now and then. So, yeah, uh, you know they had prospect came up last year when um, Buster Posey opted out of the season. Joey Bart, but he really didn't perform like people thought he was going to. He was a big pickup in fantasy leagues. People were going after him, especially in dynasty leagues and things like that as well. Um, but uh, he never really was able to pan out to what they were hoping he would be. So he might 
come up again if uh, if if Posey or Brandon Belt get injured. Bart can come up and play catcher or uh, first base as well. I'm looking to see they're seven and nine in spring training, uh, so they're kind of that lower middle middle of the pack right now uh, in spring training. Uh, but what about some fantasy value guys on this Giants team? Uh, I mean, the only couple of guys that are kind of safe probably is Jastrzemski. You know, he's continued to do well. Um, so he's a guy that, you know, be worth getting, you know, again, not, not early, but probably high middle. And um, you read different things here. You, know, you don't know how good Gossman's going to be, but he's their number one pitcher. So, um, you know, he'll be a guy that'll go after that. Probably most of them will be guys you'll look at to pick up early. Um, might take a chance on one real late in the draft, just to, you know, prospect somewhere. Yeah, Brandon Belt's a guy I keep an eye on. Uh, I think Posey's kind of past his fantasy value at this point. We'll see. He's had a whole season off, so maybe he's fresh and he'll no. come out and have a crazy good year. Um, Gossman, if you like strikeouts, Gossman's your guy. He gives you a good uh, strikeout ratio uh, there as well. Yastrzemski, uh, his batting average is incredibly close to Mike Trout, Cody Bellinger, and George Springer. So if he can get his power up, He's a guy to definitely watch for a guy that could have a breakout season uh, this year as well. He'll get opportunity batting in the top part of the order, third or fourth in the order uh, there as well. I'm a huge Mauricio Dubon fan. Um, He came over from Milwaukee, so he was in the prospects there in Milwaukee. He played infield mainly in his time there, uh, but now it's kind of going back and forth, I believe, center field uh, and – yeah, center field, and he can play uh, second base and different things as well. But he's a guy that if he can get he, – he was a prospect with tons of potential. So he's a guy that if he can get it together, and maybe he'll get more opportunities currently in San Francisco just with them kind of being down right now, uh, that might open the door for him to take off this year as well. But but Yastrzemski's a guy that uh, – he's probably the guy in San Francisco that you're looking to get – um, do you know what do you have in front of you what his average draft position is or where he's ranked at overall? Um, no, I know he's in the top, definitely in the top 100, probably in the top 80 to 75, somewhere in there. Okay. Uh, I don't know where he's ranked necessarily as outfielders, but as far as total number is concerned. Yeah, I'm interested to know kind of where, uh, where he'll fall in this year because, you know, he's got the name. And the name always yeah. draws a little bit of interest and things like that as well. I'm um, looking to see if I could find I'm, I'm looking up right now where he's going at. Looks like he's in the range of 112 to 120 as far as average draft position goes uh, right now. Um, is where fantasypros.com has him going averaging in the drafts. It looks like um, some other sites have him right around that 100 mark. 105, 101. So he's kind of uh, in that that range, right around that 100 mark that he's being drafted right now. But he is a, a legit breakout candidate this year uh, for the Giants, and he he's probably the only guy that I would consider uh, going for in the draft um, if I don't get the first baseman I need and belts available really late in the draft. Maybe I lean towards him because he can give some numbers, but. Um, Outside of that, yeah, Cueto's past his prime now, uh, starting pitcher. Anthony Del Scalfini, I'm saying that wrong, I'm sure, but um, he's an interesting guy to watch. He was in Cincinnati and uh, definitely an, an, an option 
at the very least could be a guy that getting a you know another chance in San Francisco can be helpful uh, for him as well. Uh, but not a whole lot of fantasy value, at least right now in San Francisco. But like you said, definitely some free agents to watch for if they get hot. And again, Posey, and I didn't really think yeah. about this till we just said it, but having a whole year off as a catcher might be really good for him physically. He might be refreshed and ready to go here. Because um, I think right. his wife had a kid, I think, last year, and he was just for the safety and everything, decided to sit out last year with the COVID stuff. Yeah, he's still got potential. Of course, he's had a lot of power. So he'll probably be a guy that if you didn't take a catcher early and was going to go get one late, depending who's left, you'd look at him just on potential and um, see how, you know, see how he does. Cause he, you know, he's been a great catcher during his career. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, for so many years, he was the top catcher. Like he was the guy at catcher. And now he has been surpassed the last couple of seasons uh, with him. It looks like he has slid way down. He's number 14 right now in the catcher rankings, according to Fantasy Pros. He's behind Dalton Varsho that we talked about from Arizona that'll be playing outfield. Um, but uh, So he's behind behind him, but ahead of guys like Carson Kelly, Yadier Molina, Jorge Alfaro from Miami, um, those kind of guys. He's above all those guys, but down in that kind of that, that dark space and fantasy catchers that you're just, <laughs> you're just throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks at that point. And probably going to be be trading around some guys uh, over that time as well. Will Smith, by the way, with the Dodgers, he's ranked number three in catchers uh, right now, which is pretty high. So I wouldn't have thought he was quite that high. Uh, that's according to FantasyPros.com. I'm sure that varies a little bit, but usually those catcher rankings are pretty similar across right. the board uh, there as well. All right, so we're saying Dodgers. It's the Dodgers division. Uh, to win, but the Padres, I mean, I really think the Padres can push them this year. Yeah, I, I mean, San Diego definitely has has a shot, so be a, should be a fun team to watch. Yeah, and like you said before with the Dodgers, if they kind of get to this, maybe they're not motivated because <laughs> they are so good. They may not take it as serious right off the bat and give the Padres a chance to get a hot start, and, and all you got to do is, you know, if the Padres beat them when they play them, it's going to set them up in a nice spot as well, but that pitching staff for the Dodgers is ridiculous. Um, and so is their batting order. Everything's ridiculous with that. All right, so we got the Dodgers one, Padres two, the Giants and the Diamondbacks in some order will be three and four, and the Rockies more than likely go last in in the division there. So that is our kickoff to the National League preview with the NL West. So, Dad, I guess we'll go to the Central next uh, and go, go backwards than what we did in the American League. Um and we'll try to get that out this week. I'm not sure that we'll get it recorded this week or might have to wait till the weekend. Um, we still got high school basketball going on here in Kentucky and got games throughout the week. So not sure that we'll get that recorded, but hopefully we'll be talking with Harry Hunsucker again this week and uh, getting his take on on the events leading up to his fight, his UFC debut. And uh, and I've been I've been messaging him all weekend, trying to give him some space so he had time to focus and not, not be a distraction to him. But we've been messaging with him this weekend leading up to the fight and uh, hoping to get him on this week and talking with him as well. So, uh, Dad, anything else you want to say? I know last week uh, I tried to give you a chance in the audio cutout, but you wanted to shout out 
uh, the MTSU girls, but I don't think they're around anymore after this afternoon's game. No, no, they had a great first half against Tennessee. It was right there. They were tied. Um, they just weren't tall enough. And, you know, normally they play eight, nine girls, but they can only play about six today in order to try to keep up. And they just they, – they, they ran out of gas. I hadn't watched Tennessee play this year, the Tennessee Lady Vols. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they look good. And, again, they're a lot – Taller, I think I read that their their shortest starter was six one, and um, MTSU's probably only got two girls that big on the team. So, um, but yet you know they 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 look good, and um, you know again they got a solid program. He always recruits well, and um, you know I know they were excited to get back in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Tennessee Lady Vols win eighty seven sixty two Kentucky. Wildcat, Lady Wildcat, so they won their game today as well. No major upsets, I don't think, yet in the girls' tournament. Um, the men's tournament, though, Baylor did defeat Wisconsin. Everybody that's listening to this already knows that, but that's another Big Ten team out. Uh, so that is five Big Ten teams out, four to go. Michigan, Rutgers, Iowa, Maryland. That's definitely a letdown for that conference yes. uh, for sure. But, you know, it is what it is. This is a strange year, so we'll see how all that shakes out as well all right so we'll be back sometime either either thursday morning or uh, next monday we'll release another another episode one of the two more than likely it won't be till till monday um but uh, nonetheless we've got uh, a great week ahead of us in sports with some more basketball more football free agency there's a huge ufc fight this weekend a lot going on so uh, we'll be excited to see how it all goes. Uh, today's episode, by the way, brought to you by Blue Coolers. And uh, we have a link in the podcast notes for you. If you need a new cooler, if you're an outdoors person, you're a fisher, a camper, a hiker, um, whatever. Uh, if you're going to be outside a lot and you need a solid, good cooler, Blue Coolers is the way to go. 55-quart um, Blue Coolers, they are, they've got more than that. But those coolers are five-star rated. It's their best product that they, uh, as far as ratings go, 10-day ice retention, five-year warranty on the parts, uh, great products. Go to Blue Coolers. Use the link in the podcast notes so that they know we sent you uh, there as well. Thank you for tuning into the Sports Dough Podcast today. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.